0: During the Victorian era, significant technological advancements reshaped society. These innovations not only ushered in increased social mobility, but also paved the way for the emergence of intriguing beauty trends that would soon become the talk of the town. Amid this era of transformation, Victorian women diligently adhered to daily beauty routines— However, what's truly striking is that some of these routines came at a perilous cost. From the application of hazardous caustic chemicals in makeup to the confines of restrictive clothing and the allure of toxic whitening creams and body enhancements, numerous women willingly ventured into treacherous territory, all in the relentless pursuit of beauty. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a longtime listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. <laughs> Welcome, my sugar plum fairies, to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlock the Podcast. I'm Carissa. And before we delve into this topic, I just wanted to let you know that next week there won't be a new episode or a bonus episode because I'm getting ready for our October special episodes. And since it's a one woman show, <laughs> um, I have to take the time to obviously come up with a an October trailer to come up with the social media posts that come with it to come up with the stories and everything just everything so that's why there won't be a new episode next week just to let you know so don't worry it's just in preparation for for October my favorite month of the year So today, we're delving into the captivating world of the Victorian era and taking a look at some of the toxic beauty treatments that Victorian women engaged in, in order to attain what they considered the epitome of beauty. Let's dive right in. First up, we have the tuberculosis beauty trend. Victorian women of the era were inexplicably drawn to the perceived beauty associated with tuberculosis. The disease bestowed its victims with characteristics such as pale skin, crimson lips, and slender waists, traits that many women yearned to possess. In a rather unsettling twist, some women even went to extreme lengths to intentionally contract tuberculosis. During the mid-1800s, tuberculosis, also known as consumption, was rampant. Despite the fact that those afflicted with the disease endured a slow and wasting decline, the Victorians continued to romanticize its effects. Beyond the coveted pale complexion, tuberculosis sufferers were believed to possess features like translucent skin, silky hair, and eyes that sparkled with an ethereal allure. What's truly surprising is that middle and upper class women began to mimic this appearance deliberately. They applied rouge to redden their lips, added a touch of color to their cheeks, and used makeup to lighten their skin. Astonishingly, tuberculosis became a fashion statement of sorts, and Victorian women genuinely believed that it enhanced their overall beauty. Another extreme practice was waist training with corsets, or also known as tight lacing, Corsets had been around for centuries, but during the Victorian era, women took it to the extreme to achieve the ideal hourglass figure. The average waist size of a Victorian corset wearer was just 22 inches, or 55.8 centimeters, a staggering 10 inches, or 25.4 centimeters smaller than today's average. And believe it or not, men, like England's King George IV, also wore corsets, with dire consequences. In 1821, the constriction of the king's body belt nearly caused him to faint. Today, physicians suspect that waist training can lead to complications like pneumonia, constipation, raised blood pressure, acid reflux, and fainting. But is waist training deadly? To answer that question, American anthropologist Rebecca Gibson studied the remains of Victorian and Georgian-era women who practiced extreme cinching? Surprisingly, most of these women met or exceeded the average life expectancy, even though their rib cages and spines were deformed. Another beauty trend was for Victorian women to squash lemon juice or belladonna juice into their eyes to keep them bright and clean. Now, although it caused irritation and redness, they persisted in this painful practice. Now, the use of belladonna is nothing new, it was happening hundreds of years before the Victorian period. Now belladonna, a well-known poison, was also used to dilate their pupils, making them appear more seductive. Unfortunately, this practice was a major cause of blindness and corneal abrasions. Next on our list is the use of arsenic to bleach the skin, again nothing new. Now, pale skin was highly coveted during the Victorian era, and rumors circulated about women in Bavaria soaking in arsenic baths to maintain their pristine whiteness. No comment. Now, while bathing in arsenic is not as deadly as ingesting it, it can still have harmful effects, including irritation and redness. Even more dangerous were the fumes rising from warm arsenic-infused water, which posed health risks from pharyngitis to lung cancer. Arsenic found its way into shampoos, foundations, face washes, and even arsenic wafers meant to treat complexion problems. Despite being aware of the hazards, Victorian women exposed themselves to arsenic for the sake of beauty. But the prolonged use of arsenic had severe consequences, including open sores, anemia, Painful headaches, vomiting, and swollen thyroid glands. It wasn't just dangerous to ingest. Even wearing, handling, cleaning, sewing, or pressing clothing containing arsenic was life-threatening. The use of arsenic became so dangerous that the European government prohibited it from being used in dyes. Moving on, let's talk about the intriguing toilet mask. Invented in 1875 by Madame Helen Rowry, this flexible face rubber was meant to beautify and preserve the skin. The mask was only to be used at night with the recommendation that it had been tested by chemical experts and was harmless, but it caused breathing difficulties because it was worn like a glove over the face. I've spoken about the use of lead-based makeup in previous episodes, so this comes as no surprise to you that it continued to make an appearance in cosmetics, and still pops up, even today. So Victorians concealed blemishes with lead-based cosmetics. Powders and face paints were used, with some containing lead flakes. For instance, the bloom of youth cream, popular in the 1860s for lightening the skin, contained so much lead that it caused health issues, including what the Victorians called wrist drop and radial nerve palsy. Lead-based face powders were also common and could seep into the body, leading to paralysis. Here's a peculiar one, polishing teeth with cocaine and boar's hair. Now, Victorian women desired clean white teeth and healthy gums, and they used tooth powders rather than paste. Now, according to Mary Rose at Everyday Goth, prior to 1870, the tooth powders were often made at home and recipes varied. Some called for a drop or two of cocaine to be mixed in. This may have been used to help with the pain. <laughs> now, cocaine did revolutionize dentistry, but as you can imagine, it led to addictions and dire consequences. Now, the man who introduced cocaine into dentistry was William Halstead. Halstead? Halstead? Halsted, And he witnessed this firsthand. You see, Halstead and his colleagues abused the drug. He wasn't the only one. I mean, Freud also abused the drug, but I digress all but one of his colleagues died. So chemists sought an alternative and introduced Novocaine in 1905, which quickly replaced cocaine as a local anesthetic. Ruth Goodman states in her book How to Be a Victorian that soot, chalk, coral, alum, powdered cuttlefish, mare, and camphor were commonly used to clean teeth. Goodman said she preferred tooth powders made with soot over the other ingredients. I have a question. Does that also include cocaine? (laughs) Some women polish their teeth with cloth, while others use toothbrushes with bristles made of boar's hair. Now, I remember as a child, I had a hairbrush made of boar's hair. It was a great brush. It was great for my hair. They still make them today. But I don't know if I would want a toothbrush made of boar's hair. Just just saying. Finally, we have a truly bizarre practice. Ingesting tapeworms to lose weight. Now, Victorian women were ready to do almost anything to accommodate the latest fashion trends that required tapered waists. Advertisements encouraged people to ingest sanitized, I'm not too sure what that means, tapeworms, which would absorb whatever food was eaten. Now, These pills, when swallowed, would hatch tapeworms within the host, causing nausea, abdominal pain, and other digestive problems. The science... I put that in air quotes, the science behind this was that the tapeworms would ingest part of what their host ate, allowing someone to eat whatever they wanted without gaining weight. And there you have it, my friends, a glimpse into the extreme beauty practices of the Victorian era. It's clear that there were few limits to what people would do in pursuit of beauty, But as the era came to a close, new trends emerged, shaping the beauty standards of generations to come. Let's face it, folks, we're no better than our ancestors. Thank you for joining me on another fascinating, riveting journey into the past. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Beauty Unlock the Podcast. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And stay tuned for more captivating stories of beauty throughout history. Until next time, I love buckets, stay hydrated, stay curious, and keep an eye out for our October trailer. Mwah. bye. Make